Tomorrow, for most of our students in Miami-Dade County, it's the beginning of school. Now, some kids have already started school, and uh, teachers and administration and staff has already been back to school. You know, even if this was just a normal school year, it would be an anxious day, and, and there would be a lot of nerves, and maybe you wouldn't sleep as well tonight. But with COVID and all of the other measures and doing school online, it's even a heightened sense of anxiety, of nervousness, of, uh, 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 of just not knowing what this year is going to look like. You know, typically you would worry about, do, do, well, I'm gonna, am I going to like my teachers? Or, or am I going to be in class with some of my friends? Uh, uh, what's it all going to be like? And, and now we have all of these other measures. And even when school does start, which will be most likely sometime later in the school year, uh, 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 people will be having to wear masks and then there'll be distancing and there'll be all kinds of different things. And so this year is going to be especially challenging for our students, our parents and families, and for also our school administrators and teachers. And so as we look at our text today, I want to make some applications specifically for that context, but I think there'll be some, uh, uh, some points that will be useful for, uh, for everyone. Our, our text today comes from uh, Exodus chapter 3. We're continuing through our kind of uh, uh, walk through uh, the Old Testament, and today we're going to look at Exodus chapter 3, verses 1 through 15. It's a well-known story. I want to read the text and then just make a couple of comments about it. Exodus 3, verse 1. One day Moses was tending the flock of his father-in-law Jethro, the priest of Midian. He led the flock far into the wilderness, and they came to Sinai, the mountain of God. There the angel of the Lord appeared to him in a blazing fire from the middle of a bush. Moses stared in amazement. Though the bush was engulfed in flames, it didn't burn up. This is amazing, Moses said to himself. Why isn't that bush burning up? I must go see it. When the Lord saw Moses coming to take a closer look, God called to him from the middle of the bush. Moses, Moses, here I am, he replied. Don't come any closer, the Lord warned. Take off your sandals for you are standing on holy ground. I am the God of your father, the God of Abraham, the God of Isaac, the God of Jacob. When Moses heard this, he covered his face because he was afraid to look at God. Then the Lord told him, verse 7, I have certainly seen the oppression of my people in Egypt. I have heard their cries of distress because of their harsh slave drivers. And yes, I am aware of their suffering. So I have come down to rescue them from the power of the Egyptians and lead them out of Egypt into their own fertile and spacious land. It is a land flowing with milk and honey, the land where the Canaanites, Hittites, Amorites, Perizzites, Hivites, and Jebusites now live. Look, the cry of the people of Israel has reached me, and I have seen how harsh the Egyptians abuse them. Now, go, for I am sending you to Pharaoh. You must lead my people, Israel, out of Egypt. Verse 11, but Moses protested to God, who, who am I? <laughs> to appear before Pharaoh. Who am I to lead the people of Israel out of Egypt? God answered, I will be with you. And this is your sign that I am the one who has sent you. When you have brought the people out of Egypt, you will worship at this very mountain. But Moses protested, if I go to the people of Israel and tell them the God of your ancestors has sent me, they will ask me, well, what's his name? And what should I tell them? Verse 14, God replied to Moses, I am who I am. Say this to the people of Israel. I am has sent me to you. 
God said to Moses, also, say this to the people of Israel, Yahweh, the God of your ancestors, the God of Abraham, the God of Isaac, the God of Jacob has sent me to you. This is my eternal name, my name to remember for all generations. The word of the Lord. As our text begins, uh, uh, it, it was an ordinary day for Moses. He was out taking care of sheep. It's an ordinary working day, but he wasn't an ordinary shepherd. Uh, last week we saw how he was saved from, uh, uh, from certain death by the working of five really important women in his life. Uh, the, the two midwives, uh, uh, Shifra and Pua, his mom, his sister, and then Pharaoh's daughter. You know, to get adopted into a wealthy and powerful family on the one hand is kind of like the goal, if you remember some of the movies like Annie and, uh, and others, the, the goal is to get adopted by someone who has it all. Well, even though Moses got adopted into that family and into the palace and the life of luxury that that afforded, he was still at heart a Hebrew. And, and so he identified as a Hebrew. And so he tried to, to stand up for his people and, and provide some level of deliverance for them and, and it led him to end up killing an Egyptian. And it turns out, even if you're Pharaoh's adopted son, killing an Egyptian is still not a good thing. So he's on the run. He's 40 years old, he's a murderer, and he's running for his life. And he's tending sheep now in a desert for his father-in-law. He's a long way from Egypt, and I'm sure in his mind, he thinks he's a long way from God. Then all of a sudden, out of the blue, out of nowhere, Moses' ordinary day gets strange. A bush is on fire, but typically the bush in that kind of country uh, in the wilderness would, would be a flash flame. It would be burnt in a few seconds. It would be gone, but this keeps burning. So Moses gets closer for another look. And once he got close, things were never the same for Moses or for his people. And so here's the first point I want to make. Whenever God shows up and whenever God gets your attention, pay attention. It was a normal day for Moses and God showed up and everything changed from that point on. You don't have to be looking for God to find God. He has a way of showing up and making his presence known in your life. It can be the middle of a normal, ordinary day or it can be in the middle of a crisis it could even be in the middle of a pandemic. When God shows up, pay attention. Then we move into the section where God is declaring that he is going to save his people, that their cries for mercy and for clemency have come up. And, and, and God starts off by saying, Moses, I have seen what's happening to the people. I have heard what's happening to my people. I am aware of the suffering of my people. And then he declares in verse 8, I am going to set them free. I am going to lead them out of Egypt, and I am going to take them to this wondrous, abundant land flowing with milk and honey, and there they will have everything that they ever want. You can almost hear Moses saying, yeah, you go, God. You got this. Finally, you're going to jump down there, and you're going to take care of this, and you're going to deal with the Egyptians, and you're going to rescue your people. But then in verse 10, God says something else. And it makes Moses' heart stop, 
and I think it would probably make his blood run cold. After God says he's going to rescue the people, and he says, Moses, I'm going to send you, and you're the one who's going to do it. Can, can you imagine how Moses must have felt? What? what, 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 huh, what? <laughs> no, you're, you're God. I'm just, I mean, who am I? He asks. Twice he asks. Who am I? How am I a part of your plan? How am I somehow part of now being responsible for getting these people out of Egypt? You know, I might even be willing to be a behind-the-scenes kind of a small part, but now you're wanting me to be the face of this operation, and you're wanting me to go face-to-face, toe-to-toe with Pharaoh? I don't have the power. I don't have the ability. I don't have the background. I've got this speech impediment. I've got all these issues. And besides all that, there's a warrant out for me in Egypt. You know, whenever we feel God leading us into something new, something bigger than we have currently experienced, it's normal to have feelings of adequacy. It's normal to have feelings of insecurity. I don't know that I can do this. I'm not sure I'm equipped. I don't know if I can handle it. What God's answer to Moses was very, very simple. He says, Moses, I'll go with you. You're not going to be alone. I'll go with you. That was his answer. And what God is saying, and Moses, it's, it's not about necessarily you. It's going to be on my shoulders. I'm going to be the one who will take care of this. My power is what's on the line. God will be there for Moses, and God will make sure that Moses doesn't fail. So the second point, in response to the question, who am I? I really don't feel like I'm the person for this. The answer that God gives him is, you are my answer. Moses is God's answer, and very often, you and we are the answer that God has in mind to help deal with situations in our lives. The answer to the dilemma that we might have in our families, the answer for relationships with our loved ones, the answer to challenges that we face in our world is not somebody else taking care of it. God has chosen us. He has picked us out and he puts his hand on us and he says, I think you can do it. You know, God had been preparing Moses since birth, those 40 years in Egypt and now 40 more years in the desert. He's going to be 80 when he stands before Pharaoh. God has been shaping and preparing his life for that very moment, even though Moses wasn't aware. And I would say in the same way, God has been shaping and molding and preparing our lives for this very moment. We are the answer that God wants to give to many of the challenges that we face. And then in the last three verses, we have another question of Moses. God has already identified himself as the God of uh, his ancestors, but now Moses gets a little more personal. He says, you know, I really don't even know you. I've heard of you, but I don't even know your name. Yeah, you do this neat little trick with the burning bush and everything, but who are you? And so God tells him his name. Now, it's kind of a puzzling name. It's not like a name that we've ever heard before. 
uh, and it's not something that we're familiar with, God says, my name is, I am who I am. Now, in, in Hebrew, uh, ancient Hebrew didn't have vowels. They only had consonants, right? And, and so this name, I am who I am, is actually just four letters. Uh, if you do some reading, you might find that it's called the tetragrammaton, which means four written letters. And, and those letters are, depending on how you translate them into English, Y-H-W-H, where we get the word Yahweh, or J-H-V-H, where we get the word Jehovah. Both of those go back to these four letters in the Hebrew alphabet. And the word is actually a play off of, and it's a combination of the uh, repeated verb to be. And so it can mean I am who I am. It can also be I will be who I will be. And what he's saying is, I am God for you now, and I will be God for you in the future. The force is not just that God is present, but God will always be present. God will faithfully be on his side. God can be counted on because he is faithful. So the third point, the answer to Moses' question, who are you? The answer is that God is the God, the Lord. Almighty, the God of all time. He is the one who was, who is, and who will be. He has been there the whole time, even though Moses wasn't aware of it. And he will continue to be, even if Moses doesn't see him. One of God's most endearing and most powerful qualities is that he is present. I am with you. I will be with you. I will walk with you through the valley of the shadow of death. I will be present. And that promise continues all the way through Jesus' life. And when he parts this earth, his last words in Matthew 28 are, I will be with you. Lo, to the end of the ages. He will never leave us, even though we might not see him. He is there. So as you begin this journey into challenging and perhaps scary adventures, it's okay to be nervous. You know, today we're focusing on students and uh, administration going back to school, but, but this could also be applied to anyone facing a significant transition in their life. Marriage, a new baby, uh, uh, the passing of a loved one, uh, a new job, moving to a new house or a new city. It's normal to think, man, I can't do this. I don't have the resources. I don't have the experience. I don't have the ability. And yet God's answer is, you're not alone. You're not alone. You can make this. You can do this because other people and individuals will surround you and they will support you and they will bless you and they will help you through. You've been, students, you've been prepared for this moment by your parents, by your family, by teachers, friend, well, friends, maybe not so much, uh, but mostly by God himself. God has been with you since birth, preparing you for every challenge that you're going to face. You are not alone. And one of the things that we want to do here at Sunset is to make sure every student and, and, and their families know that there are a, an army, as it were, of individuals who are praying, who are encouraging, and who want to support them. 
So our children's minister for the last weeks has, has been preparing and, and gotten a list of all of the students and, uh, and, and been pairing them up with uh, different adults from Sunset who, who are wanting to pray and who have committed to, to be a positive influence in those children's lives and in their families' lives. And, and so if you're a student and you're watching this transmission and, and you haven't gotten the invitation to be a part of it, please write it down in the comment section, send a note to uh, uh, Julie, our, our children's minister, look up on the uh, website, call the church phone number, the office, and, and you can find that information and you can get that tour. If you're an adult and, and you would like to participate and you would like to have the honor of praying for and praying with some of our children and our families throughout this upcoming school year, uh, uh, please uh, uh, also make that known. Stuff happens when you least expect it. This pandemic started and nobody had a clue. I thought it would be over in a couple weeks. Had no clue that by the time school started, we'd still be doing this. And who knows how much longer we're still going to be in it. But God shows up even in the midst of pandemics and crises and moments of challenge. And the second thing is that while we feel inadequate, that's normal. And the reason that God chooses us is because we're the best people for that particular challenge. And the thing that gives us support and encouragement is God is with us and he will walk us through. And his family is present for each one of us as well. So I pray these words will encourage you as you think about your day tomorrow. I hope you can get a good night's sleep uh, uh, to, to give you one last uh, uh, boost of encouragement. Uh, we look forward to seeing you this afternoon and, uh, and, and, and share a moment of greeting, of smiling, of yelling and acting silly, of enjoying some ice cream and elementary students getting their goodie bag. Uh, it, it's going to be a wonderful time. And so we look forward to seeing you. We pray your blessings on the start of this school year and pray that God will continue to be and bless you. Uh, uh, one of our elders, Paco Perez, is here and he's going to uh, lead a prayer. So I invite him to come. God bless you. God, take care of you. We'll see you this.